0: Coming up on this episode of the Hoop Fiends, you are going to hear a little first weekend game one overreactions mini, so just a quick recap and talking points of the first game of each series and my one overreaction that I had and came up with for each series. Um, I know a few game twos have already gotten underway, so I'm sorry this is a little bit late, Um, but after I recorded, uh, you can kind of hear it when I'm recording, I I'm under the weather, I found uh, found it hard to find the energy and time to kind of put this episode out there, so sorry it's a little bit late, but I hope you enjoy, it's a fun little episode, the Who Fiends will be back later this week to fully recap um, and catch up on each series and the first few games of each series, so make sure to be on the lookout for that, but for now enjoy this little overreaction mini show. I appreciate you listening, and enjoy the episode. you listening to another episode of your show. Welcome into the Hoot Fiends. I am sorry I do not sound too great right now. I am a little bit under the weather. I um, been, haven't been feeling too hot the past couple of days, uh, but we had an awesome opening weekend of the NBA playoffs. Game 1s were en- entertaining as hell. It's been a lot of fun, and I wouldn't have felt right without at least hopping on quickly to talk about it. Uh. We'll have a full Hoot Fiends episode. Me, John, and Riley will be on later this week to kind of recap and break down each series um, at the midway points of each series. um, Probably after, like, games three or four or so. Um, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be the full-on uh, analysis and breakdown and give all of our opinions on that episode. On this one, um, I'm not going to be going too long. Uh, like I said, I I'm not feeling well. But uh, what I have for you, I'm going to kind of recap each game one and give a little bit of an overreaction uh, to each series. I have one for each series. It's a fun little talking point that I'll bring up and give my opinion on um, some of them more serious than others. But uh, you'll see as it goes along. Uh, it'll be a fun thing. All right. We'll go game by game. We'll start off with the first game of the weekend, which was... What was it? Um, of course, it was the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia won by 20. Philly was up by uh, f- uh, 9 at halftime and uh, eventually won by 20. Um, it was a great Joel Embiid game, as usual, expected him to dominate. Uh, he had 26-5, 11-for-11 uh, 11 11 from the line. Uh, James Harden hit seven threes. I think that was the story a lot of people were talking about, him being hurt coming into the series. Um, and he proved that he wasn't hurt. He had a nice game, knocked down 7 of 13 from 3. That's all you can ask for. He obviously didn't have a great shooting game, but he also had 13 assists. I think he's going to be the key for this team if they do want to make a run. So it was nice to have him have a really good first game, obviously going up against Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Mikhail Bridges had 30 points, um, I think 23 of which came in the first half, and was a tougher second half for him. Um, my overreaction to this game, um, it doesn't really have much to do with the series in general. I think Philly is probably going to go on to sweep this series. I don't think there's much to it. I think Brooklyn lacks a little bit of talent. Um, but my overreaction is that is, I don't think it's crazy to say at this point that Mikhail Bridges is at least a top five wing in the NBA um, that I'd want on my team right now. You have Tatum, you have KD, you have Kawhi, and you have Jimmy Butler. I don't think there's another wing I'd want on my team over him. I mean, yeah, LeBron obviously um, is ta- more talented right now. But if I'm starting a team, I'm not picking LeBron over Mikhail Bridges. I'm sorry. A 40-year-old LeBron, uh, I'm not starting my team with you. Um, the Bulls guys, I'm not taking Levine or DeMar DeRozan over him. Brandon Ingram, you can make a case for, but, you know, I'm not taking him over him, that's for sure. Um, and then you have, like, more guys that are guards, like Jalen Brown and Luka and those guys, so I'm not counting them. Uh, but I think you could really make a case just the way he plays defense. Uh, we saw him carry a team in the playoffs. Obviously, the team didn't win, but he shot 12 of 18, 4 of 4 from the free line, 2 of 4 from deep. Plays amazing defense, one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. Um, I thought it might have been a little bit of a struggle for him to be the go-to guy on a playoff team and have everybody drawing up ways to stop you on defense. Uh, But he proved in game one he has the it factor. He can carry a team. It was very, very impressive. I don't think it's much of an overreaction, even though it obviously is no reaction to call him a top five wing in the NBA. Next game was Atlanta-Boston. Uh, Boston was up maybe like 30 in this game. Let's see, they were up 20. Yeah, they were up 30 at halftime. Uh, Atlanta crawled and made it a respectable final score, only lost by 13. But, yeah, that final score does not uh, sum up how bad of a game this was for Atlanta. They looked completely overmatched. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, even Derek White, just the three best players on the court, and it wasn't even close. Um, Al Horford and Robert Williams, obviously they didn't have to do too much, but it was nice to see them kind of stay healthy and run around and play a full game. Al Horford played 38 minutes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that holds up throughout the playoffs. Um, he hasn't played a ton of minutes like that throughout the regular season. Obviously, he was awesome in the postseason last year. But in a game where you're winning by 30, it would have been nice to see them try and limit his minutes a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, they got a commanding win. Um, my overreaction here, Trey Young, 16 points, 8 assists, 5 of 18 from the field. I think this might be it for him in Atlanta. I don't know if he survives this offseason. I think at this point it might just be best to move on. I don't know what franchise will be really interested in trading for a guy like Trey Young. Um, I'm not sure if he's a good locker room guy. I'm not sure if he's a guy a lot of teams want to play with. Uh, But I think his time might be done. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with Quinn Snyder in Atlanta and if he even wants to stay and deal with all this. But I think it's I think it's fair to say that this could be it for him. Um, There's been lots of rumors circulating um, over the past couple months that uh, they will be looking to deal with him, and nobody's off the table in the off season. Um, It'll be interesting to see what team might be interested in making a move for him. Um, Because I mean, if it's weird to say, but like if Harden leaves Philly, does Philly want to go after him? I don't know if I really see that, but it could be a little bit of a fit. It'd be interesting to see him and Joel Embiid, obviously two guys who love to flop around and draw flat fouls. That'd be a funny little team for him. Um, I think up Miami would be interesting. I love, like I said in our last podcast, just throw anybody on Miami. I think it'd be interesting. Um, but that was just two two I thought of off the top of my head. But ultimately, I do think this could be it for Trey Young, um, just based off this game. I mean it's not working there's a lot of problems with this offense and it might be better just to build around DeJounte Murray as your point guard and move forward with him because I think he is a better defender he's just a better teammate all around and as much talent as Trey Young has he made a run to the Eastern Conference Finals but I just think he needs to change his scenery and things need to be changed for him our next game the best game of the day. Nah, well, it wasn't the best game of the day, but it was for me. It was a really good game. The New York Knickerbockers taking down the Cleveland Cavaliers. Game one on the road. Jalen Brunson going toe-to-toe with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell scoring 38, continuing his streak of just amazing playoff scoring. Absolutely incredible performance from him. Um, Down the stretch wasn't great, but overall, just an Awesome, awesome performance. Evan Mobley did not really show up for Cleveland. 4 of 13 from the field. Just 8 points. 11 rebounds. Uh, Darius Garland was a non-factor in this game. He was 7 of 13. Hit two threes. But 17 points and only one assist. They kind of just had him like sitting around. Sitting in the corners. Not really being involved in the offense. I think that really needs to change for game two. I think that Cle- Cleveland probably will bounce back in game two. I highly doubt Knicks are going into Cleveland and taking two games. But... I think for them to bounce back, I think Darius Garland's going to have to be way more involved on the offensive end. Obviously, Donovan can score, but it would be nice to see the the ball in Darius Garland's hand a little bit more. Um, on the next side, Jalen Brunson went toe-to-toe with Donovan again, um, had foul trouble early on, but finished with 27. Julius Randle in his first game back, which was huge to have him back, didn't shoot all too well, but had 19 and 10, uh, was contributing. Um, but my overreaction to this series... I think the Josh Hart trade might be one of, the, you know what, I'm just going to say it. The best trade in New York Knicks history. Okay, yes, there was the Carmelo trade. Yeah, where did that get us? Nowhere. Uh, then you can go all the way back, Earl the Pearl, the Butcher. Like, there's obviously probably better trades, but I'm overreacting here. Josh Hart embodies what it means to be a New York Knick. He is just. We gave up Cam Reddish for this guy. Absolutely nothing. He's coming in, filling in for R.J. Barrett, because R.J. Barrett is god-awful. 2 of 12, 7 points. Having Josh Hart to sub in for him, 17 points, 10 rebounds, does all the little things, shot 8 of 11, hit a massive 3 down the stretch. I am so happy this guy's on the next. I hope we sign him to a 8-year, $500 billion extension One of the greatest trades the Knicks have ever made. We said it right from the start. We were so happy when we made this trade. I went flew under the radar with everything going on at the trade deadline with the Nets and whatnot. But what a move by the Knicks. Just fits perfectly for what they're doing and played a huge role in this game. And I think he's going to play a huge role in this series if they do try and find a way to win. Um, Obviously, we all picked Cleveland on the... Uh, postseason preview. I still lean and think Cleveland finds a way to get it done with the overall talent they have. But, God, man, I would do anything. I really hope we can find a way to pull it out. Um, This game really gave me hope. I don't think we come and win two in Cleveland, so I think we'll go on to lose next game on Tuesday. But just a great, great start for the New York Knicks. All right, last game on Saturday. This was the single best game of the weekend. This was just so, so much fun. Um, every, going into it, it was kind of expected to be the best series, and it lived up to the hype. Unfortunately, it didn't have the outcome I wanted, but Sacramento takes down Golden State. The defending champions, 126-123. Just an all-around awesome game, back-and-forth action. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had a shot in his return, had a three to take the lead. Stephen Curry took like a floater from the three-point line uh, to try and tie the game and missed it. Had touch, tons of clutch shot-making. Malik Monk, 32 points off the bench, 14 of 14 from the free throw line, looking like Michael Jordan out there. I was just so impressed with his game off the bench. Obviously, Malik Monk has these types of games, but to do this in the playoffs was just super, super impressive. (coughs) Oh, Sorry, guys. Just just fighting through it. Um, De'Aaron Fox, 38 points in his first, I think, yeah, first playoff game. 13 of 27 from the field, knocked down four threes. Just was all over the place, all over the place. Sabonis got, grabbed 16 rebounds, but only had 12 points, shot 5 of 17. He can't play much worse, so that's a little worrisome for Golden State moving forward. Um, Draymond played him well defensively, but was a non-factor on the offensive end of, as usual, but had his 11 assists. Uh, Clay and Steph uh, weren't great, but they were good. Uh, knocked down eleven threes but didn't shoot a high percentage. Uh, Steph was good, just not like world beating. I was a little impre- I was very impressed with Wiggins. He had four blocks, looked very active for not having played much basketball recently. I thought he was a big big plus uh, but my overreaction uh to this series is I think Jordan Poole is officially like a really bad contract and a really big mistake by Golden State, uh maybe not capitalizing and trying to trade off the hype of uh, last year's NBA championship. I know they, see, what was interesting was they gave up on Gary Payton. Uh, they let Portland sign him and wound up realizing that they screwed up and traded for him back. Um, I like Jordan Poole. I like what he provides, but giving all that money to a guy who just is an absolute negative on defense and once in a while can light it up, I'm sure he's going to have a game or two in the series where he drops twenty to 25 to 30 points, probably more likely at home. But in a series like this, he can't guard De'Aaron Fox. It's impossible to have him on the floor with De'Aaron Fox on the floor uh, because, yeah, you could try and hide him on a guy like Kevin Herter or uh, Keegan Murray in the corner, but they're going to run and pick and roll. They're going to get him in action with De'Aaron Fox. And you saw in this game, it was literally a disaster. He was unplayable. I don't think he's going to be playable much in game two. And it's scary. It's scary hours. I think that might have been a really, really big mistake from Golden State. They're already high over the luxury tax. Um, I'm not sure many teams are going to be dying to trade for him now. Um, obviously, at the time, everyone thought it was a smart move. But I think overreacting here, I think that is going to turn out to be a horrible contract for them. And it will be a mistake that they look back on and realize, shit, we could have just kept Gary Payton, traded Jordan Poole, and kept... why? Like, there's so many... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, dominoes. There you go. Dominoes that fell because of this. And I could be, uh, the statement could be proved wrong in game two. He goes off and helps carry them to a win. But overreacting to game one, I think that's my biggest takeaway is that Jordan Poole is a really big problem. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary Payton found himself getting way more minutes than Jordan Poole. <clears throat> uh, looking ahead, I'm worried about uh, Golden State. I really am. Uh, I thought they were going to come out and win this game. Obviously, they were close. Um, but I thought that if they were going to steal a game in Sacramento, it was going to be here. Um, you can count on Golden State, I think, to win both games at home. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at 2-2 after four uh, because I think Sacramento will probably find a way to win game two. And then Golden State takes care of business at home. And Golden State's just going to have to find a way to win a rogue game, man. They haven't done it all year. They've been struggling to win rogue games and here they are again, falling short in a road game. So, maybe an overreaction could have been they are the worst road team in NBA history, or the worst road team to ever come off winning a finals. I don't know. Uh, I don't have the stats on that, but that's another overreaction I could throw at you as well. All right, moving into Sunday. Um, not as much action, not as much fun on Sunday. Uh, so I'll go a little bit quicker here. But um, the first game of the day, uh, was Lakers Memphis. Uh, LeBron takes down Jaw. Uh, there was injury scares in this one. Anthony Davis was hurt and eventually found his way back in. John Morant fell and hurt his hand. Um, I think he's going to be relatively okay, but his, I think, is going to be a little bit more long-term and kind of have an effect um, on the series. Um, I mean, Xavier Tillman looked unplayable. He was a joke for Memphis. Like, Anthony Davis absolutely destroyed him. This was an awesome, awesome Anthony Davis game. Seven blocks, just love, love to see that. You know, that's my favorite stat line. Ah, uh, seeing him put up 22, 12, and 7 with three steals, three assists, he was just all over the place. Rui Hachimura somehow, just 29 points. I mean, 11 of 14 from the field, five of six from three. That's just insane. I never would have predicted that. Austin Reeves though, 23 points. He was all over the place. We were all over that on um, the pre- uh, the playoff preview, saying he was going to be a really big factor in this series. Uh, LeBron had a good game. Nothing crazy. Hit three threes, 21 and 11, five assists. Uh, two steals, three blocks, just very, very active. This Lakers team was very active on defense. Uh, I find it really hard to believe that Memphis is going to find a way to win the series. I just don't think they have enough depth. Uh, they were trying to – I mean, Sinti Aldama was playing 24 minutes in this game. He looked like a joke. Uh, I like David Roddy, but he wasn't – he's not really uh, meant to play in a playoff series. Luke Kennard was a cast away from the Clippers. He was playing major minutes. Um, they're reliant on – Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks to play major minutes. And obviously, John Desmond are going to do their thing. But Jaron Jackson only had three fouls in this game. He's going to have a foul trouble game. Um, he's going to get five fouls. He's going to get six fouls. It's going to be an issue at some point. Um, he was able to avoid it this game, but moving forward, it's going to be an issue. Uh, Dylan Brooks, 5 of 13, 2 of 9. I think this is going to be one of his better shooting performances in this series. I'm counting on him choking. I think the Lakers are still easily going to find a way to win this series. Uh, my overreaction here, What did I have? For, I had a few things written down here, uh, but f- uh, what I'm just going to go with is I think the Grizzlies would have been better off if Ja never came back this year. They could have just eaten the suspension, suspended him for the rest of the year. Um, Steven Adams and Brandon Clark are just such a big loss for this team in terms of their toughness and big bodies up front. I think they could have just chalked it up to losing the series. Oh, we didn't have Ja. This was a year from hell. A lot of things went wrong. Jaw is in... Like trying to get better. He's trying to better himself. We decided to not return. There might have been a little Ewing theory. Who knows? But uh, Tyus Jones would have performed. They probably would have lost in five against the Lakers, like they might anyway. Um, and they could have chalked it up to um, they would have had an excuse for what's happening. And now there's going to be a lot of questions for this team in the offseason. And there should be because this team has so much talent, so much, uh, so many talented players, they're going to need to find a way to consolidate and make things work Dylan Brooks is not it. I'm sorry. I there's only so many times I could say it. All right. Next game uh, was Miami-Milwaukee. This was the surprise of the weekend. Miami, the 8th seed, coming into Milwaukee and winning 130-117. to 117. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 35-11. Super impressive game from Jimmy. Bam was back after two bad games in the play-in, 22-9-7. Uh, Chris Middleton looked good. I think that's the big takeaway for the Bucs. Thirty-three, nine and four. Uh, Drew Holiday, sixteen and sixteen. Just a cool game for Drew Holiday, uh, but obviously my overreaction here is nope, not to do with the honest. Uh, it's, I, it's I think the Heat might be the Bucks' kryptonite, man. I mean, you can't forget twenty twenty. Um, I know I said on the playoff preview, uh, none of us picked the Heat to be here because I just didn't want it. I didn't want it for my mental health, but here I am having to say good things about the Heat because that's the way I am. i got to say good things about the Heat, and they kind of own the Bucks. They kind of own the Bucks, man. They did it in 2020. Yeah, they lost in 2021, but watch out. This team can bang with you. Obviously, this is why nobody wants to play him in a playoff series. Giannis already fell down and broke his spinal cord or whatever happened to him. Um, bad vertebrae or whatever. hes not, I think he's going to be okay, but Hero broke his hand. It's this not a series you want to play ag- at all. I was saying uh, the celtics it was a Celtics nightmare to have to deal with this. Unfortunately, it happened to the Bucks, and now Giannis is hurt, and a bunch of players are getting banged up, and This is just the not the series you want. Obviously, I'm a little joking about uh the Heat and Bucks Kryptonite thing. I think the Bucks will still find a way to win the series. Probably wouldn't be surprised they win it in five. Uh, but I think the overreaction here is just that you don't want to play the heat. It's so it's not even an overreaction. This is probably the least overreaction of it all. It's just it's just such a grueling series that you could have avoided. Like if the Bulls won. Uh, against the Heat, the Bucks would have been so relieved. They're just going back and forth, trading buckets with Giannis and Levine and winning five and whatever. But now people are getting hurt. Now Giannis is probably going to be playing in the playoffs all hurt. And they're just throwing a wrench into things that they didn't want to deal with. So the, my, the annoying Miami Heat coming into play and... The Celtics and Sixers are the ones who are super, super happy about this because obviously they're probably going to match up in the second round, but if the Bucks can get a little beat up and then go into a series with the Cavs or Knicks and go to Six or Seven and just go to a little war, you can't have the Bucks just have a cakewalk through the East. Otherwise, the Sixers or Celtics, whoever comes out of that series, is going to be done for. Uh, so that's the main takeaway for me there. Uh, the Clippers take down the Suns on the road. Uh, it's a huge Kawhi Leonard game, thirty-eight, five, and five. Uh just an absolutely astounding performance. Uh Kevin Durant almost had a triple double, twenty seven, nine and eleven. Booker had twenty six. Chris Paul looked okay. Seven seven of ten. 7, 11, and ten. Uh just didn't shoot the ball well. Two of eight though. Uh but uh my overreaction here, I mean, it's there's actually I had two for this. this is the only one I'm gonna have two for. Um one is that Westbrook just looks like an important, impactful player. Um, down the stretch for the Clippers, you, there was a lot of games where he would play 15 minutes and then rest. Um, and then there were some games where he would play 38 minutes and have an important role. This game, I mean, he shot 3 of 19. So I'm not going to go over overreactive and be like, oh my god, Russell Westbrook is back or anything. Uh, but without Paul George, this team needs someone. This team needs some sort of firepower. Uh, he provided 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. Like That's... that's important, important stuff uh, for this team. Um, there's just no secondary threat. I mean, Eric Gordon had 19 points, hit three threes. But other than that, I mean, you have Norman Powell coming off the bench, Terrence Mann coming off the bench. But other than Kawhi, you really need someone to kind of step up. And Russell Westbrook seems primed to do that. He's nothing to lose. The, like, the Clippers have nothing to lose in this series. And they're going in on the road as underdogs against Phoenix. And Russell Westbrook going up against Kevin Durant, he has something to prove. And I think he's going to play in a really, really important part in this series. Um, I doubted it. I did not like the fit in the Clippers at all. But I think going Paul George going down it just gave an opportunity to Westbrook for him to step up in a no-lose situation. And I think we're going to find him being a very, very important piece in this series. Um, the other one is just that the Suns maybe not playing together might actually matter. Is that a crazy take? I don't think so. Obviously, only playing eight games as a unit. It might be less as a full unit uh, if you include Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton with KD. But we said Kevin Durant will fit in seamlessly. Well, it didn't work here. They lost a home game, a very important home game. So uh, maybe not playing basketball together might matter. Who knows? Uh, That's my takeaway there. I'm dying, so I'm going to... Close this out pretty quickly. The last game is Minnesota and Denver. Denver shit on Minnesota. There's not much to say. I mean, Minnesota shouldn't be here. It would have been so much more fun to see OKC here. Uh, we all picked OKC to beat Minnesota, but Minnesota kind of throttled them, and here we are. Now we get a boring NBA series where Denver probably sweeps Minnesota. My overreaction, and this is probably not an overreaction either, but actually, I don't know. Either way, I'm saying it. Rudy Gobert. I can't even speak. I'm dying. Rudy Gobert has to be the most hated player in the NBA at this point. I don't even think that's crazy to say. You could bring up Kyrie, but the players kind of love Kyrie, and there's that little subset of fans who will always love Kyrie and always appreciate what he is, whatever, say what you want about him, I hate him, but there's always the younger generation for some reason who like him. But I mean, the players. No player likes Rudy Gobert. His teammates don't like Rudy Gobert. The media doesn't like Rudy Gobert. Fans. I mean, like people like us. We don't like Rudy Gobert. I don't think a single person like is out here like you know what I'm going to defend Rudy Gobert. I like the guy. I don't know anyone's going for, to bat for him. I just can't think of a more hated player. I mean, like Myers Leonard, like a anti semite. Like he's probably more hated. But the Bucks signed him. They gave him a second chance. I don't know. I can't think of a more play, hated player than him in, in my time as an NBA fan. So I'm going out on a limb saying Rudy Gobert is the most hated player in the NBA that I have ever known. And that's the final reaction. Looking forward, we have some good game twos coming up. Obviously on Monday night we've got oh we got another Brooklyn-Philly game. Oh, and then we got another Sacramento-Golden State game. That's a huge game too. I'm kind of looking forward to see how that plays out. Like I said earlier, I think Sacramento is going to unfortunately find a way to win that one. But... Don't count out Golden State winning both at home and then making that another series. And then we got the next on Tuesday, and a bunch of other Game 2s coming up. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the first round. A lot of fun on opening weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed this little podcast. Uh, some takes were crazier than others, obviously, but uh, just some fun talking points to kind of recap the first weekend and get into it um, and get the ball rolling on the Hoot Fiends playoff schedule. We're going to have a lot of episodes coming up. Uh, we're going to try and record at least twice a week. Uh me, John and Riley will probably be on weekly and I'll have a solo pod once a week. Hopefully a little bit better quality and uh more of a breakdown than this, but like I said, you hear me. Uh my voice is going as we speak, I'm dying. Um but doing it for the fans. Gotta get this episode out there. Um I appreciate you rolling with me. Uh you can follow us on at Hoop Fiends Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for everything that we've got going out. Uh Johnny Oz is working on the screen fiends, a lot of succession stuff so follow. Um, that podcast on Apple and Spotify. Obviously, follow the ho- f- uh, football fiends on Apple and Spotify. I'm promising Lamar and Ravens big breakdown and free agency talk coming. I originally planned on this week, uh, but with me being sick, I promise it will be within a week from now. Um, and yeah, obviously subscribe to us here for the hoop fiends on Apple and Spotify. Maybe leave a comment or two. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us on that Apple. Foodfiendpo- th- 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 I can't, <coughs> oh no, I need to stop. Um, follow us on fiends Fiendspot on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, good night, goodbye, go basketball. another episode of your favorite show, Hope Faze. Hope Faze. Hope Faze.